praying this week about what the Lord might want me to share with you. And I really felt him saying to share a word of encouragement. This is probably one of the most encouraging, strengthening, uplifting scriptures in, in all of the Bible. Um, you know, we're, we're living in some pretty uncertain times, aren't we? Uh, physically, obviously, with the pandemic that is now actually gaining traction, right? Uh, politically, economically, socially, and because of it all, we're also facing the effects mentally and emotionally, aren't we? So if that wasn't bad enough, on top of that, there are some of us that are personally going through some pretty uh, intense struggles and trials. So I think it's safe to say that even as we enter this Advent, this Christmas season, uh, that people are anxious, shook, uh, some maybe flat out scared, some even overwhelmed. So uh, looking at an unknown future with plenty of potential hurt and hardship, uh, I want to share this uplifting word with you this morning. So what I want you to do for a moment, just close your eyes. Uh, this isn't going to be something that you need to, I just want you to hear these words this morning. So go ahead and think about those things that are troubling you the most, that thing or those things that are giving you the most angst. And now into that thought, I want you to hear these words from Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. And he sent his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. 
And the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not wickedly departed from my God. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. You save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run through a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Now, how do you feel? What a picture, right? Here is, you can open your eyes now. Here is the psalmist, or you, or me, in that place, entangled. You, you, you get the picture there, entangled, in peril. Uh, the, the cords of, of death, you know, surrounding us in, in, in uncertain times. And in that place... In that place, we call to the Lord, right? We look to the Lord. We look to our God. And what is his response? Look at it this morning. A mother bear, right? Hearing the distress of her cubs pales in comparison. God Almighty rises up at the cry of his child. God hears our cry. Amen? It reaches him in heaven. And look what happens. The earth reels and rocks, right? God hasn't even done anything yet. Just, just the turn of his head, so to speak, in response to the voice of his child. Turning his gaze toward the earth causes the earth to rock and reel. His anger, right? His anger. That's his kid. That's crying out to him, right? His anger flowing from him causes the great mountain ranges to tremble in fear. Smoke coming from his nostrils, fire from his mouth. That's his boy. That's his girl down there. And there's going to be trouble, right? He bows the heavens. The picture is like him forcefully Pushing aside that veil. I'm going down. And I'm coming to their rescue. That's my girl. That's my boy down there. He makes darkness his covering, verse 11. And then the brightness and hailstones and coals of fire and thunder. How else would the almighty God 
you know, make his presence known in a situation like that. He comes down like a violent storm. The enemies coming against my kid. And here comes the storm. You don't mess with mine, right? 14, he sends out his arrows and scatters the attackers, sending them running for cover, bolts of lightning paralyzing them and breaking off the attack. That's how God responds. 15, then the channels of the sea were seen and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath from your nostrils. This is, this is what you call in, in, in uh, literature hyperbole. Okay? It's, it's an exaggeration to make a point. Uh, we might say, <laughs> not like the sanctuary this morning, but you, we might say it's hotter than blazes in there. right? Now, literally, there's no flames. There's no blazes. But nonetheless, it's very, very hot. That's what we're saying, right? So... What we're looking at here is at God's rebuke, um, it's enough to see the seas roll back. It's enough to reverse the earth to its state before anything was created upon it, right? It's just, God comes and the whole earth changes. So... What's, what, 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 is that, what does that mean? It, it means that he takes immediate and overwhelming control of the situation, doesn't he? There's nothing that can stand in his way. That's our God. He reaches down and pulls us out of deep waters. That place where you feel like you're drowning. Anybody ever been there? Maybe you're there this morning. He reaches down and pulls us out. He rescues us from enemies who are too strong for us. 18, they they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. Sometimes it seems to all hit at once, doesn't it? Right? Going through one thing, it's a tough thing, and then wham, out of nowhere, there comes the next thing. It's like, come on already! As if this wasn't tough enough, right? Wham! They confronted me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord is our support. He comes alongside. He gives us strength. He gives us peace. He gives us wisdom. And that overall assurance... Have you felt that, that overall assurance that even when nothing's changing, even when the whole world is swirling, somehow deep in my heart, I know it's all going to be okay. Only God can do that. Amen? Because he's with us and he's for us. He brings us out into a broad place. You know, when we're feeling like we're, we're teetering on the edge, And it's like, you know, one mistake, we're going to fall. One more hit, and we're going down off the side of the cliff, right? And no, he takes us from there and brings us into a wide and safe place. Because he is our wide and safe place. Amen? 
He is that place for us. He's our safety. He's our security. He rescues me because He delights in me. Do you know that God delights in you this morning? Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that's kind of a tough concept for me personally. Um, maybe for many of us. I mean, sure, he loves us, right? But man, I, I know my faults. <laughs> he does too. He delights in me. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says this. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. This is Zephaniah. This is, you know, one of the the minor prophets. Um, Not minor because of the uh, good word that they have to share, but minor because their books are smaller. Um, but this, this, is, this word is given after a long history of Israel being imperfect. How many imperfect people we got here? Um, just one. Thank you, Walt. Um, so to those people, he says, the Lord your God is in your midst. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Pastor and author John Piper in his book, The Pleasures of God, he writes this. He says, I ask, can you feel the wonder of this today that God is rejoicing over you with loud singing? No, you say, I can't because I'm too guilty. I am unworthy. My sin is too great and the judgments against me are too many. God could never rejoice over me. But I say, says Piper, consider Zephaniah 3.15. God foresees your hesitancy. He understands. So his prophet says this, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. Can you not feel the wonder that the Lord exalts over you with loud singing today, even though you have sinned? Can you not feel that the condemnation has been lifted because he bruised his own son in your place if you will only believe? I can remember, uh, I I referred to a book a couple of weeks back, The Search for Significant, Robert McGee, Significance. And one of the things that he says in there is that um, God delights in us. And I I always, you know, again, eh, I know my heart. I know I don't measure up a lot of times. And, uh, you know, so how can God be pleased with me? I think that was the word, you know, God is pleased with you. How can God be pleased with me unless I'm, you know, doing it all right? And I remember laying in bed one night. Um, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And um, it was a thunderstorm and woke me up out of sleep. And I'm laying there. And that question, just all of a sudden, that question came to my heart. How can God be pleased with me? 
And then the Lord brought me to that verse in Hebrews that says, without faith, is it is impossible to please God. And the question the Lord posed to my heart is that, then what is it that pleases the Lord? Faith. It says, you know why I'm pleased with you? Because you have faith in my son. Boom. You know, one of those light bulb moments. You know what pleases God more than anything else? Is that we have faith in Jesus Christ. That we believed his word that says, I'm going to save you through my son. That in believing him, in taking the hand that he reaches out to us and offers us, we become his children. We become heirs of the promise. Adopted by him, reconciled to him, our sins forgiven. That pleases God so very much. I mean, think of Jesus, right? He went to that cross. He died for that very reason. For sinners like you and I to come into this place of incredible grace and blessing. They did it. They did it. They received me. They believed me. They took my hand. That pleases God more than anything else in the world. So, yes, he delights in you. He delights in me. And because of that, the scripture says, he rescues us. He rescues us. We're his. We belong to him. 20, the Lord deals with us according to our righteousness. Again, not our own righteousness, but that which he himself imputes to us through faith in Jesus. 28, he is the one who lights our lamp. The Lord lightens our darkness. How many times have you and I been in a real tough spot? And all we could see was, oh, this is gonna, this isn't gonna end well. This is gonna be bad. It just feels so dark, right? And then suddenly, God speaks to us. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through through a devotion, through through a song on the radio, through a, a, a teaching on the radio, through another person. And suddenly, boom! You know, those clouds part, and that ray of hope, you know comes down to us. How many times have we, have we gotten there from the Lord? He is the one who lightens our darkness, right? I mean, you know, sometimes, well, you know, it's everything works out for a purpose and, you know, and we, we hear those words and, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But when God speaks, when suddenly, again, that, that, that voice of the Lord resonates on our hearts, it's like, the clouds begin, to, even though the situation hasn't changed yet, right? The clouds begin to part. He lightens our darkness. 29, for by the Lord we can run against a troop and leap over a wall. This is God we're talking about. This is almighty, sovereign creator of the universe who speaks and matter comes together. Matter obeys him. Right? This is God who is 
our Lord, who is our refuge, who is our strength and our help, who is the one who is committed to you and to me, who promised to be with us. So what does that mean? That means we can run through a whole battalion of enemy soldiers. That means we can leap over any obstacle. This is God who helps us. 30, the word of the Lord proves true. That's the testimony of David here. God's word proves true. He was hoping in it. He put his trust in it. And he who was being attacked uh, on many occasions, if you look at the life of David, um, but this was when Saul had been chasing him for a period of years, wanting to put him to death. And... uh, God delivered him, and he said, yep, when all is said and done, the word of the Lord proves true. Aren't you glad for that, that we have even the examples of other people, the testimony of other people that says, yep, you can trust that word. You can bank on it. It proves true. He is a shield for those who take refuge in him. And finally, 31, for who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Who is almighty? Who is ultimately in control? Whose will is supreme? And who is a rock? Who is the sure ground or what? I, I should say, who, what or who is the sure ground that you and I stand upon? What else can support us? Nothing, right? If we had all the money in the world and all the friends and all the this and all the that and all the other thing, you know, circumstances of life, boom, change in an instant. God is the unchanging one. He is the sure one. He is the one that we can look to for comfort and assurance and hope in our trials. The maker of heaven and earth. I'm sure you've heard the words to this song, but listen to them. Um, I think sometimes we get so used to singing things that we don't... um, We we don't necessarily always even hear what we're singing. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said? To you do the Savior for refuge have fled. Fear not, I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be your supply. 
The flame shall not hurt thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. The soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Amen. Let's pray together. God, help us to see it again. In all of our trials and struggles and different things that we're going through, you are God and you promise to be with us. Help us to see in this word this morning, Lord, what your response is when we cry to you. That you hear us and that you will certainly come to our aid. And we thank you for that this morning, because you alone are God. You're our help. You're our hope. And we lean on you. We call upon you and we lean on you. And we thank you that you are sure and certain. Thank you, God. Thank you, our Father in heaven, for your incredible love for us in Christ. And it's in his name that we praise you this morning. Amen. And amen. I want to move from here right into communion this morning. You know, if you if you if you read the Old Testament, you, you see things uh, like in the book of Exodus, when God brings the uh, Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, when he helps them in their trial. And delivers them mightily. And then he, and then he, and he gathers them together through Moses and he, and he says to them, you know, I didn't choose you because you're. All that in a bag of chips, you know, not not because you were the most numerous people, not because you were so special, but I chose you and I've delivered you and I've gathered you together to myself because I made a promise to Abraham. And I'm fulfilling that promise. I don't know if they actually got it back then. But you see, that's that's the story of a covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham. It was a blood covenant. They they when when God entered into a covenant with Abraham, his friend, they 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 sacrificed an animal, blood was shed, and that covenant, that 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 contract, if you will, became binding on God Himself. And you know, you and I, through Jesus Christ, what did he say on that night when he took that cup and he gave it to his disciples? He says, this is the new covenant in my blood. 
The blood was shed. The covenant was made. You can read about that covenant in Jeremiah 31. I will forgive their sins and will remember them no more. I will be their God. They will be my people. All that we have read there in Psalm 18 comes to us, not because of us, not because we're special, not because we're perfect, but because God made a covenant on that cross with Jesus Christ through his shed blood. We are the recipients of that covenant, as Hebrew says, based on better promises than the Israelites had years ago. So as we come to communion this morning, as we remember the body that was broken, as we remember the blood that was shed, let us remember that we are part of a covenant with Almighty God. Paul calls it the grace in which we stand. We stand in a place of grace, a place of God's unmerited favor for our lives, a place of God's enabling and helping to us by covenant. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So, done these before. There is that first one that reveals the bread on the top. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your incredible love for us that would send you to the cross. The body that was broken, the suffering that was had so that we could enjoy life. That we could stand in this place of grace. Our judgment fell upon you. Every Every hit of that cat of nine tails, the crown of thorns, every excruciating breath on that cross all poured out upon our sin, judged and paid in full. Thank you, Lord, for removing those judgments against us that we might walk today in your delight. Oh, you are awesome, Lord. On that night, Jesus took the bread and he said this, is my body broken for you. Let's partake together this symbol of the Lord's broken body. Likewise, he took that cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Covenant of grace upon your life. A God who promised to forgive your sins 
and to walk with you and talk with you and tell you that you are his own. A covenant of grace, a covenant of delight that you don't earn, that you don't deserve, all one for you on that cross. A covenant sealed in blood, binding on God himself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's partake together this symbol of the Lord's shed blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your incredible grace to us, Lord. May we walk in it with expectation of your love for us. Even this day, Lord, in a pandemic, in situations going on in our lives, Lord, we look to you with expectation of that grace to come and to help us in time of need. We bless you and give you all the glory. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen.